we as humans have a role to play in this and that role is in is in responding to the work of God's spirit you know it's not that we form ourselves um, but we do respond to his call to his invitation we do submit to his lordship in our life This is Kingdom Subjects. Uh, I'm Elijah Thomas, and today I'm joined by Kenner Gottsman. Kenner is the lead pastor of Rogue Valley Fellowship here in Medford, Oregon. He received his master's in applied theology with an emphasis in missional leadership from Multnomah University. Shout out to Multnomah. We love you guys. <laughs> He's an instructor here at Pacific Bible College. Uh, Kenner is also the father of four children an avid reader, and he's not too snobby to drink Starbucks coffee, which is really rare here in the state of Oregon. <laughs> it's something that I immediately connected with Kenner about. Kenner is my pastor. Uh, I go here to Rogue Valley Fellowship, so I'm really honored to be doing this with you today. So thanks for being the guest. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. We currently are holding Starbucks in our hands, mm-hmm. <laughs> not being too snobby about it. So. We're not, and we are surrounded by lots of snobby coffee. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah, it's it, the worst. It just really, it gets old. I like Starbucks because... I don't have time sometimes. It's all biz. Mm-hmm. That's my philosophy with Starbucks. It's all, <laughs> it's biz. all biz. It's, it's two shots, some steamed milk, down the hatch, here we go. <laughs> sometimes when you go to a coffee shop, I don't have time for them to, to pull four shots, mm-hmm. you know, to get the perfect shot for my thing. I'm like, I need right. to get in and get out. And Starbucks does that. That's so, so right. And it's consistent. Yes. I like anywhere in the world you go. Yes. Well, mostly anywhere. Yeah. You can get a cup of Starbucks coffee and you know what you're going to get. Exactly. It's going to taste exactly in Seattle as it tastes in Florida. Exactly. So I like that consistency. No. Um, and uh, I could talk about Starbucks for a long time. Yeah. But they, they take care of, I have friends that work there. Okay. And, uh, they always take care of them. They yeah. their benefits are amazing. Yes. So when I've heard, I had a lot of Christian friends that when the whole red cup thing happened, okay, they're boycotting Starbucks because they didn't put a cross or something on, oh, okay. on the star <laughs> on Christmas or something. I can't, yeah, I can't yeah, remember yeah, totally. what it was. Yeah. But I, I'm telling you, man, they take care of their people, and I think yep. that's a Christ-like. No. Exactly. So. I've had buddies that work there, and so they loved it. So. Yeah. The, the theology of coffee. Shops. Theology. <laughs> theology of coffee is a good. Yeah. Is a good thing. So. It's very uh, third wave. Um, <laughs> so, Kenner, you teach spiritual formation yep. at Pacific Bible College. Yep. And uh, I was able to sit in for a couple of classes. My wife um, took that class. And one thing she told me is that she would take that class every year. Hmm. And um, she she just loved it. So And, and it was uh, I was able to kind of learn firsthand a little bit and then secondhand a lot just hmm. from conversations that we had broken down. And it was something, uh, the spiritual formation class, not only was the class new to me, but the concept of spiritual formation was actually pretty foreign to me. So when I first read the title, um, I thought, okay, what does that exactly mean? Is that, um, is that theology class? Is that kind of, uh, mystical, you know, I I just didn't know. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, as I was learning from Haley, it was, uh, illuminating things about her, her own life, Mm-hmm. That she had never actually illuminated, so it never had mm-hmm. actually really seen the light of day, and it, and it helped her relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. and with others, and her relationship, I would say, with with almost herself. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and so that was a really interesting thing. So, um, from what I've heard, spiritual formation is kind of a 
almost like a passion of yours. Would you say yeah. that? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, what, definitely. What, what is it for the ris- listener who reads the title of the podcast, Spiritual yeah. Formation? What, what is it and how did you get in, into studying it? And that, okay. That's what yeah. So I'm super <laughs> excited to hear that Haley had a great time and that mm-hmm. she would continue to take the class. That's a good, uh, that's always good yeah. feedback. Mm-hmm. I think something that happens a little bit in translation, even like you said, like the concept of spiritual formation or that language specifically, it sounds new to some people. Mm-hmm. Um, really, it depends on what kind of church background you have. Um, some people would use the language of sanctification. Mm-hmm. Some people would use the language of Christ likeness or spiritual formation. Um, Although each one of those kind of have maybe a little nuance to them, we're talking about the same thing, Mm. which is the concept of Christ being fully formed in us Mm. as his disciples Mm -hmm. by the Spirit. And so... For some people, it can sound like you said, is, is this a new concept to the church? Are we, are we drifting away from the gospel? Are we replacing uh, gospel knowledge with self-awareness? Mm-hmm. Obviously, in our, our culture, there's a huge emphasis on psychology and pop psychology and mm-hmm. um, yeah, understanding who you are and understanding your background and your trauma and your history and all of these different mm-hmm. things. And so sometimes the church co-ops some of those things and maybe we don't do as well as we could or, or should. Um, but I do think the concept of spiritual formation is is in the text, it's in the scriptures, um, and it is what we are being invited into as followers mm-hmm. of Jesus. And so um, kind of answer your question two ways. First, what what is spiritual formation mm-hmm. when we talk about it? And the way we define it in class, um, if somebody were to sit in our class, and I want to be careful not to give away my class right. in yes. the podcast. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> But uh, one of the things that we would talk about is we break that that idea up into those two words, spiritual and then formation. And so typically uh, in our modern English usage, when we use the word spiritual, um, it refers to that which is uh, not material, something maybe incorporeal, otherworldly, um, almost without obviously physical substance. However, when we get to the scriptures, when we read the New, the New Testament in particular, that's not what we mean by spiritual at all. Mm-hmm. In fact, the term spirituality is based um, upon the Latin word spiritualitis that translates the Greek term pneumaticus, um, which means empowered by the spirit. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about spiritual formation, first and foremost, we're talking about the work of God's spirit in mm-hmm. our life. And I won't just limit it to the work of God's spirit in our spirit, because I think it's even more holistic than that. But we start first and foremost with this is a work of God's spirit in his people. And so if you think of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, when Paul says, and we impart this, he says this in chapter 2, verse 13, he says, and we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, Mm -hmm. but taught by the spirit, the Holy Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of the work of spiritual Mm -hmm. formation. It's the work of the spirit and the spirit of those who have been born again. And it is, as I said, it is a holistic work, Mm -hmm. mind, body, uh, and soul or spirit. And then the second term is formation. So So I I just want to stop you there because it sounds like the, what you said, the um, spirituality has, you said it's, it's not the sense of not material. It's almost Mm -hmm. like the platonic sense of um, metaphysical mm-hmm. like everything that is beyond physics but you're saying it's not that it's more holistic it is actually um, encompassing the hu- the body the mind and yeah. all that is that what you're saying yeah I do because I think the work of God's spirit um, is obviously there is this this being born again which is this 
um, yeah, metaphysical reality that our spirits, as Paul says in Ephesians chapter two, were dead in our trespasses and mm-hmm. sins, but God has made us alive um, by His mercy, mm-hmm. and so our spirit is is born again and is brought to life through the empowering work of God's Spirit through the work of Christ mm-hmm. by the 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 sovereign plan of the Father. Right, so we have Trinitarian theology in there. But he also talks about in Romans chapter 12, uh, being renewed, you know, in our minds and the way we mm-hmm. think. We just talked about this. I mm-hmm. got the privilege of sitting in the back of Pastor Rick's Romans class last mm-hmm. week at the college. And so when he got to chapter 12, we talked about that concept of, of this ongoing transformation of our minds. But then we also have the promise and the hope that one day, by the power of the Spirit, our bodies will be resurrected as well. And so I think spiritual formation... Um, is holistic, mm-hmm. you know. It's mm-hmm. not just, um, yeah, the 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 interior part of mm-hmm. of our life, um, because as Paul says in in Romans five and Romans six, which we're talking about on Sunday mornings mm-hmm. in our church, so it's fresh in my mind. Um, that which is true of us um, in our inward being is played out in the physical world, right? Mm-hmm. And so there is a connection in that formation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are embodied people. We we you know we have bodies that 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 we live out our realities from and into this world. And so to disconnect Christ likeness or the work of the Spirit from that part of who we are as humans, I think, does a disservice and cuts short. The nature of what God is actually inviting us into, it is much more holistic than that. Mm, yeah, well, well said. So you were about to get into formation when I cut yeah, you so off. Yeah, so the second, <laughs> the second concept um, that we work through is obviously if we start with spiritual, that being the work of God's spirit mm-hmm. in our lives holistically, then we want to look at what does it mean to be formed. Um, one of the things we talk about in class is that that the belief that every person is being spiritually formed. And sometimes we'll use the the phrase formed or even deformed by depending on who it is mm-hmm. that's forming them. Mm-hmm. One of the texts that we use is uh, by Dallas Willard and it's mm-hmm. a book called Renovation of the Heart and he makes a statement that uh, and that's where that concept comes from is that everybody is being formed. And he says in his book he says the most despicable as well as the most admirable of persons have been or have had a spiritual formation. He says mm-hmm. terrorists as well as saints are the outcome of spiritual formation. Their spirits or hearts have been formed, period, end quote. And so Willard Mm. talks about that reality, that we are all, born again or not, being formed all the time by something or someone. The question is, who is it that is forming us and how are we being formed? And to whose image are we being formed? Um, And so one of my life verses in the last five years that that has really shaped the way I see walking with Jesus is Paul's letter to the Galatians. And in Galatians chapter 4, uh, 19, he talks about the idea of being in anguish, the pains of, of childbirth until Christ would be formed in them. That Paul's heart as a pastor, Paul's heart as a theologian, as an apostle for this group that he has brought the gospel to was not simply that they would be converted and then move on. Mm-hmm. Um, this, he's, he's speaking to Christians that have already been born again, mm. but there's something more that he desires in their life. Mm-hmm. And the way he describes that in Galatians 4 is that Christ would be fully formed in them. And so the goal of spiritual formation then um, that we talk about is to have Christ fully formed in us uh, by the power uh, of the Spirit and in cooperation with the Spirit. Mm. 
Um, and so as a, as a class definition, and I've got my notes in front of me, lest people think I'm smarter than I am, uh, <laughs> the class definition that we use, and I actually use this from Randall Gleason, who also teaches at the Bible College. Mm. Randall taught spiritual formation probably four years ago, and then I inherited the class from him. Um, but his class definition of spiritual formation, which I've just continued to use, um, I think is really great. And it's a little long, but each word is chosen intentionally and purposefully exactly (laughs) Uh, but he says this and i and i just we've just built on this for Mm -hmm. 15 weeks in class Mm -hmm. but he says spiritual formation is our continuous response to god's persistent grace shaping us into the likeness of jesus christ Mm -hmm. through the work of the holy spirit within the community of faith for the sake of the world consummating in the joyful experience of god's presence in the new creation And so with that definition in mind, um, as a class, we take 15 weeks to explore that and say, what does this look like? What does this mean? Where do we draw from the text this sort of language? And how would we then participate in that in our life? Hmm. What I love about that is the continual and persistent, Mm -hmm. it is. it's like an infinite mm-hmm. uh, timeline. And yeah. so that concept of my wife wanting to take the class every year, mm-hmm. it's not actually out of line because it's not yeah. like you are formed like a foundation and then you move on yeah. to bigger and better things. Yeah. But it is a constant, it's continual response to consistent grace. Yeah. Yeah. It's cooperative too. That's the other thing that I love about that is um, the idea that we are uh participating in this. Not that we are doing this mm-hmm. to ourselves, but that we as humans have a role to play in this. And that role is in is in responding to the work of God's spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that we form yeah. ourselves. Um but we do respond to his call, to his invitation. We do submit to his lordship in our life. And so um lest we think we're able to just sit back um, almost as puppets, you know, as if God is just pulling the strings. Uh, mm-hmm. Pastor Rick talks about that God is actually, he uses the Pinocchio analogy that God wants us to be real boys and real girls. And, <laughs> and so the idea um, mm-hmm. that we are being invited into this genuine, authentic relationship mm-hmm. uh, with the triune God, and we participate in that. Uh, we yield to that. We submit to that. We respond to mm-hmm. that. Um, I think is an important part of spiritual formation and an important concept to understand um, as we live out what it means to walk with Jesus mm-hmm. and as, a, as we live into the reality of Christ being formed in us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that's our class definition that we, yeah. that we run with. And as you can see, each one of those words has a lot behind them. And that's yeah. why we have 15 weeks and three hour lectures to Yes, absolutely. It, so. <laughs> it's there is a is as, as an aside. There is seems to be a um, almost a tension between what we do and the Lord does. Mm-hmm. As I can't remember what passage it is, I was looking for it, but it says uh, Paul, I think, says, "Work out your salvation," and then uh, like two words later, "For it is God who works." Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and so we are working it out, and God is working it out, and it's mm-hmm. not an either or. Yes, but it is a and. You know, yeah. both both and. and yeah, that can be confusing, mm-hmm. but it's. It's really interesting. Yeah, and if we don't hold those things in tension, um, particularly in regards to spiritual formation, mm-hmm. we get, um, yeah, I think it, it, it can stunt our growth mm-hmm. on one hand. Um, I think it can, um, 
it can put us on a trajectory. Willard talks about um, the idea of God is opposed to uh, earning, not effort. And so he spends some time talking about that distinction between seeing participation as earning God's favor and the idea of actually putting forth effort that, as you said, Paul says, is, is actually empowered by the Spirit. That's why we say spiritual formation is is mm. this process of mm-hmm. Christ being formed in us as the Spirit empowers us and we cooperate with it. And Randall's definition, it's our continuous response to God's mm. persistent grace, response, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Response to his pursuit of us. Yeah. And so if we don't hold that tension, and, and as you know, like the more theology you study, like there's all these tension points in our, mm-hmm. in really our faith. It's frustrating. It's very frustrating. <laughs> it's very challenging. Exactly. Um, and hopefully we just get used to living in the tension. Mm. Um, because I think it's when we try to eliminate the tension um, to one side or the other that we we drift and we we get things out of balance, mm-hmm. um, whether that be out of balance um, in this case with, oh, I've got to, I've got to work this out by myself. And so therefore mm. this is where spirit, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but mm. this is where spiritual disciplines get really problematic sometimes because we think, oh, I'll just create this list of do's mm. and don'ts. Right. And this will then produce formation in me as if spiritual discipline is synonymous with spiritual formation. Oh, interesting. And it's not. Okay. They're, 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 they're different concepts. They're different things that we're talking about. They, there's an interplay there, and we, we, mm-hmm. we talk about them together, but they're not synonymous. The illustration we use in class is, in many ways, the Pharisees were the most spiritually disciplined people of mm. Jesus' time, and yet they were some of the most spiritually deformed people in many ways. So there can be a break between participation and disciplines and actual Christ-likeness mm. happening. And yeah. so so we can err on that side, right? Or we err on the side of, well, if God really wants me to become this kind of person, then he's just going to do it. And I'm just going to continue to sit here and eat Cheetos and watch Netflix mm-hmm. over the next 10 hours. Right. And hopefully somehow, <laughs> you know, the fruit of the spirit grows in my life. And mm-hmm. so that tension of Continuous response to God's persistent grace, Willard's concept of effort versus earning, um, Paul's work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who is a work, you know, within mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. Um, who gives us the desire and the ability to do these things. Mm. I think there's a scriptural precedent for that, yeah. that tension that we just have to learn to, to live in. Right. <clears throat> mm. Now, um, something I had, I had the privilege of being able to be in your class for was you had mentioned the imagery that's used in the bible Mm -hmm. and so um there you know i think probably mostly pauline uh imagery and uh examples you had used was athleticism uh gardening and construction Mm. and now you know at first glance what you know what does that mean how do you compare that to spiritual formation i would love to hear your thoughts on on those concepts in yep. the in spiritual formation. Yeah, Paul is great. Um, well, the Spirit through Paul is great mm-hmm. at using everyday things that we understand to apply them to spiritual truths and spiritual realities. And so, in week five of the class, we kind of get into that idea of metaphors. Um, and what's interesting is if you were to look at like my instructor notes, it's the shortest section Mm -hmm. in my notes because I just throw those themes out uh, on a whiteboard and it's like a group conversation that Mm -hmm. we end up having. And so, yeah, so you might've been there that day. Mm -hmm. So I don't actually have a ton of Mm -hmm. notes because I want, I'm always interested to see 
One, how students will connect those and say, well, what can I learn about spiritual formation from these three things? Um, what would be the overlap on all three of these images? Because we do talk about that. But then what are the distinctives? You know, what can I learn from the idea of gardening that maybe the imagery of athletics doesn't mm -hmm. teach me? Right. Or what can I learn from athletics that the idea of construction or a building doesn't teach? But the idea of growing plants is is scriptural. Paul talks about it in First Corinthians chapter 3 where he talks about the work that was done in the Corinthian church. And he says, hey, I planted, Apollos watered, mm -hmm. but God is the one who causes the growth right. in mm -hmm. your life. And so that's the connection between spiritual formation and the idea of plants. There's mm -hmm. other scriptures that we can use to, to illustrate that as well, but that's probably one of the main right. ones where yeah. Paul sees spiritual growth as likened to mm -hmm. a seed that was planted, watered, grows, mm -hmm. and bears fruit. Yeah, and there's lots of agricultural <clears throat> language just throughout yeah. the New yeah. Testament. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's For me, mm -hmm. um, it's one of the ones that I learn a lot from, um, both because I, I grew up kind of on a farm mm. and my parents live on a farm right now. Uh, mm, so my parents yeah. live 10 hours away. They live in Eastern Oregon. Um, a few summers ago, actually fall, a couple of falls ago, uh, Billy Haig and I went and we built this 30 foot by 70 foot greenhouse wow, uh, for my family. Huge. It's massive. Yeah, it's absolutely massive. <laughs> and uh, it, it, you know, when you build it, it doesn't look like much, you know, mm -hmm. it's some poles and some plastic tarps draped over the mm -hmm. thing with some dirt. And, but now you go back two years later and I was talking to my sister yesterday and I said, Hey, what are you doing today? And she goes, Oh, I'm harvesting from the garden. I said, Oh, what are you harvesting? She goes, Oh, carrots and beets and green beans mm -hmm. and you know, all of these yes. different things that she's harvesting. Um, and so when I go back to the farm and I look at the, the plants that they water, depending on what time of the year you go, mm -hmm the farm looks very different. Mm -hmm. But the farmer knows where they're at in the season and they know what they should expect at any given point. And so if you show up in the middle of January and you make an assessment that my parents aren't able to grow anything, wow. um, you may just not understand the nature of farming, hmm. right? Um, and so I think there's, <laughs> I think that's true of spiritual formation too, right? You can just, I mean, that could be a whole podcast, just, you know. Yeah plants and spiritual formation. <laughs> yeah, it's so happens. true. <clears throat> well, that's so fascinating because I had I had thought about these and I was in that class and that was an example that did not come up mm. because uh, you know, I'm a city slicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, I you know, I think of gardening as slow mm -hmm. and you know, there's lots of maintenance. Mm -hmm. Uh there, you know, there's uh outside danger threats to the health of the plants. Um mm -hmm. but but the idea that the farmer knows mm -hmm. the process, he knows, okay, mm -hmm. in the fall, we're going to have a harvest and you might not see mm -hmm. that it's going to be a big one, but yeah. it's going to be. That's fascinating because I had not ever put that together. Yeah. The yeah. farmer knows ideally, mm -hmm. you know, right. like, I mean, obviously if we jump straight to the, the metaphor with, you know, the, the vine dresser, God himself, like he understands all of these things, mm -hmm. but even a good farmer knows like different seeds, right? Not mm -hmm. every seed can be planted at the same time of year. Not every seed does the same thing. Mm -hmm. Some seeds need certain amount of water. Some need less, some need more, some need shade, some need sun, some you harvest at a particular month, some you have to wait, mm -hmm. you know, you, he knows or she knows all of these things mm -hmm. about all of the dynamics on the farm. Yeah. Um, and I, and I just think that's, it's such a helpful metaphor when we think about formation, um, both in terms of our own life, um, individually, 
uh, knowing that God, God knows exactly who we are. He knows exactly who he's created us to be. He knows exactly what he's doing in our life. Um, and as we, as Jesus says in John chapter 15, as we abide in him through his spirit, he produces fruit in mm-hmm. us. Um, but it also is a good word, I think, for us as, uh, you know, the, the corporate church to know that there is differences in us. You know, we're not always at the same spot, you know, mm, yeah. um, you can look at one part of the garden and it's growing and you can look at another part of the garden and it doesn't seem to be growing. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes gardeners, gardeners or farmers will let whole fields go fallow for mm-hmm. a time yeah. and there's a purpose in that. Oh. Um, so sometimes in life, you know, we have this expectation, I think, um, even agriculturally because of technology right. that you should always be able to just mass produce things. Because you can go to Winco any time of the year. Yeah, you can go to Winco any time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or even as a farmer, you've got mm-hmm. some new pesticide, you've got some new mass ability to water, you've got some new fertilizer that just always allows you to just be in season all the time. Right. And so culturally, sometimes that that, that mm, analogy of formation well, breaks down a little bit because... Yep. Historically, you know, when Paul writes these things, you know, the idea of a fallow field isn't completely, you know, anathema to them. There's a purpose to that. And sometimes there's times in our lives and in formation where it feels like something isn't growing that we would want to or we would hope to have taken off, be it in our own life, in our own development, maybe in a ministry, maybe with your family, your marriage, your kids. Um, And there's great comfort in knowing that God. One, it was described to me one way that God is in the business of growing oak trees, not building skyscrapers. Mm. Um, and I have these oak trees even in my backyard. Yes. So I have these massive yeah. oak trees. They're probably 150 years old. My mm-hmm. wife always wants to cut them down because she wants a <laughs> pool. <laughs> so she wants to build this pool. And I just, it's not in me to uh-huh. cut these things down because I go, it's taken so mm. long for this to grow, for this thing to be here, right. you and know? And it'll be there after us. And it'll, yeah, yeah, it'll be there so long after mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Um but again, that 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 idea that God is in this for the long haul, mm. you know, and we tend to want everything like now and fast and, you know, we're a fast food culture. So I want it cheap. Mm-hmm. I want it now and I want it supersized. Mm-hmm. And so God is just, he just doesn't work like that. And so when we delve into the scriptures and we see how does God talk about forming us as a people, um, it isn't, you know, let me, you know sprinkle a bunch of, you know, fertilizer on you. And we don't, it's like, this Mm -hmm. is going to be a longer course of your life Mm -hmm. process, which is why Haley said, man, I could do this Mm -hmm. every year. And she's right. You know what I mean? She's not going to sit my class over here, (laughs) but the, the idea of formation is a lifelong journey. And so that's one, that's one illustration. We talk about plants, um, athletic training, Mm -hmm. This comes from Paul's exhortation to Timothy in First Timothy chapter four, um, where he talks about training ourselves for godliness, and that that word training there is an athletic term. Mm-hmm. He says bodily training has some value, but uh, the idea of of spiritual value or godliness has a value in both this age and the next. Mm-hmm. And so he talks about development, spiritual formation, Christ likeness, sanctification. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever word you want to put on it. Yeah. Um, in regards to um, athletic training. Mm-hmm. And and then the final one is the idea of construction that comes from Ephesians and Peter. First Peter talks about that we're God's chosen people, that we're uh, living stones being built together, fitted together, in mm-hmm. which Christ is the cornerstone and the apostles are the, the foundational pieces. And we are individual living stones being built together mm-hmm. into this temple for the living God. And so 
in class, we would talk about, you know, what are the similarities? What are the differences? Um, but again, the reason we use all of those, I mean, this goes back to Willard's book. Mm -hmm. um, and we were talking about Willard's book right before this. Um, it's the, the book the students have the hardest time with. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. um, and if you've ever read Dallas Willard, you know why um, <laughs> that can be. And I'm adjusting that. I told you I was going to adjust that. So historically, I've had them read two to three chapters a week, which is just not working. So <laughs> we're going to do one chapter a week uh, to get through the book. Yeah. Um, so don't be discouraged, listeners. Yeah. If you pick up a copy, it's <laughs> yes. really confusing. Yeah. If you yeah. read yeah Willard's uh, Divine Conspiracy or Renovation mm -hmm. of the Heart or The Great Omission or anything else that he's done and go, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah. Uh, hang in there. We'll, we'll get through it. Yeah. Um, it's been on my shelf for a few months and I've thought, eh, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't read it. I mean, full confession, I didn't read it till I decided to use it as a textbook. And so wow, I'm like, so well, you got to read the textbook that you're handing out to your students. So, so we read it. I read it that summer prior and I was like, this, this is the foundational concepts of mm -hmm. what we're talking about in spiritual formation. And the thing that puts all of those together with gardening, athletic training, and construction is what Willard describes as his VIM model, V-I-M. VIM model. Yeah, V-I-M. Vision, intention, and means. Um, and so mm -hmm. one of the things uh, that he talks about uh, a little bit um, is, is that if he says, if we are to be spiritually formed in Christ, he says we must have and must implement the appropriate vision, intention, and means. Mm -hmm. Not just any path will take us there. Um, and so he talks about what, what sort of vision do we have for formation? Mm -hmm. What is our intention? And then what practical means would help us facilitate that said vision. And that's the same thing with a gardener, right. right? Like my parents have a real plan. If you go and talk to them, they have a VIM model mm -hmm. for the farm. They mm -hmm. only have four, four and a half, five acres. Um, they want to do, uh, you know, basically they, they have a, a farm stand. And so every square inch of that field has to be used mm -hmm. intentionally. Yes. Um, and therefore they have to have a bigger vision, you know, because they don't want to build something one summer and then go, oh, we got to rip it up and redo this, right? So they have a long-term vision for the farm. And they say, okay, this is where we're going to have the orchard. Mm -hmm. And we want to make sure that it gets the sun that it needs and it gets the water that it needs. Even if they're not planting the orchard yet, they have a vision long-term that says one day, this is what we want this farm to look like. Yeah. And we're going to have a, you know, we're going to have a corral over here and when they've got ducks and chickens and turkey, they've got a wild turkey that's just a pain and chases everybody <laughs> around. Um, not sure, not still not sure what the turkey does. Um, that's see, that's always a discussion between my mom and my dad. My mom has an idea of what is useful and necessary mm -hmm. on the farm, and my dad has an idea of what is yeah. useful and necessary. On the farm. <laughs> exactly. and they don't always coincide. He, turkey's not part of the VIM. No, model. Tur yeah, turkey is not <laughs> part, part of the, the Thanksgiving model. model. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then they 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 make a plan. So they uh -huh. they have this vision, and then they have they they come up with the intention. Okay, what will we, what would it take for us to do that? And then they have the means. So mm -hmm. then they go, okay, this summer we're going to do this part of the garden. And that's what Willard says is similar to all three of those metaphors. Mm -hmm. An athlete does the same thing. You know, an athlete has an idea of, um, you know, my daughter's going to do cross country this year. So mm -hmm. she's historically, she's been a ballerina. She's, mm -hmm. she's trained for ballet her whole life. Um, but now she wants to, to, to run cross country and possibly track. Yeah. Well, that has required that new vision has required her to change, uh, the, the practices that she participates in to help her become a track runner. You know, mm -hmm. if she continued yeah. to go to the ballet studio, 
Mm-hmm. And then say, oh, I'm going to train at the ballet studio for six days a week and then go run cross country on Saturday. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't, there's, a, there's a disconnect. Mm-hmm. And so what Willard pushes on in Renovation of the Heart is that sort of consistency for the Christian. Where he says, what is your vision? More importantly, what is God's vision? Mm-hmm. You know, What does it mean for Christ to be fully formed in Kenner or Elijah or Haley or my daughter Jordan or whoever? Mm-hmm. What would the intention behind that be? What what kind of values would we have to adopt? What would we have to prioritize? Mm-hmm. And then what are some tangible practices? And this is where spiritual disciplines come in. Yeah. What are some tangible practices that would facilitate and foster or cultivate? That's actually the language we use in the class. Cultivate, cultivate mm-hmm. that growth in the life of the believer. Mm. And that is all done, and I want to make sure this is clear, that is all done in cooperation with the Spirit, mm. right? And mm-hmm. and and it's not something that I just get to go create on my on my own and say, well, this is my vision for life. No, it's it's not it's not Kenner being fully formed in Kenner. It's Christ mm. being fully right. formed in Kenner, participating with the Spirit. And so through prayer and reflection and time with the Lord Say, asking him, Jesus, what are you inviting me into? What is your vision for my life? What does it mean for you to be fully formed in me? What would that look like? What would I have to value as a follower of you? And then what practices would you be inviting me into? Mm. And so that's, that's where those illustrations or metaphors or word pictures, um, are helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many thoughts I could yeah, you you brought up things that just bring up thoughts everywhere. Yeah, but just cut me off. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, I love it. So, um, on the gardening thing, I just think it's too cool to not say just before we move on from gardening. I was talking to Courtney Zimmerman, yep, uh, who works at Rogue Valley Fellowship, and she was telling me that when her and Sean, Sean, mm-hmm. Sean. moved to Africa, mm-hmm. um, what part of the work they did was helping them plant mm-hmm. and. Uh, these, uh, some of the the individuals in Africa were, or the the community was planting corn or maize mm-hmm. every year for ten to twenty years, mm-hmm. and it was just sucking the life out of the ground. And so, and I had never heard of this before. And so, to me, I'm thinking, well, why wouldn't you just plant the same thing over and over again? Mm-hmm. Turns out, when you when you do that, it it's taking the same minerals from the ground Mm. and it's and it's not and it's putting back the same minerals and so eventually um your maize just comes out your corn comes out just dead and Mm. lifeless and so if you put a little of another crop here or exchange it every other year with something different something fresh um then there's a whole list you know the garden can thrive again and all of a sudden your maize in two years is going to be really good again yeah so i'm not sure if that is you know, exactly parallel with what we're talking about, but um, with the idea of forming alongside others, mm-hmm. you know, it is cool that uh, I think that's, you know, part of the just being a part of a, a community, a church, mm-hmm. you know, you're, I'm being formed maybe with someone, and actually part of the next question is getting into spiritual temperaments, mm-hmm. but just to fast forward, being formed around someone who maybe has a traditional, uh, like, yeah, 
maybe, maybe they they're kind of a traditional bent, mm-hmm. and then me being someone who is maybe a, has a holiness mm-hmm. uh, bent or mm-hmm. like a social justice. Mm-hmm. It's not like we should be separate, but there is a goodness in being to you know together. Yeah. Sorry, that's a long. No, yeah, I think it's, there's a couple of things in there um, that I respond to real quick. I think it it's a good insight to say the ability to learn from one another, mm. um, that we, we all bring these different like gifts and skill sets and perspectives and experiences. Um, and we'll get to that, um, in a couple questions. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that you mentioned, um, that I do think is super applicable mm-hmm. is, um, that idea of planting the same thing in the ground mm-hmm. and it, it almost becomes, um, counterproductive. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we just don't know another way to do it. Cause yeah. we're like, this is, this is the only way I've been taught to garden and farm. And then somebody comes along and says, Hey, why don't you try planting this? Mm. Or why don't you try doing that? And it can just revitalize the ground. And I think that's true in spiritual yeah. formation mm-hmm. as we exist in community with one another and we learn from each other. Um, that's well said. that sometimes we get in a, a rut, um, and somebody can come alongside us and just say, Hey, have you ever thought about, you know, going on a walk when you pray? Mm. Well, I've always prayed in my prayer closet. And all of a sudden after 15 years, maybe that isn't as mm-hmm. effective for you or yeah. impacting. Um, or maybe you're the opposite. Well, I've always walked and prayed, but I find myself being really distracted. Mm-hmm. And somebody comes along and says, have you ever thought about going to a quiet place and closing the door and just eliminating distraction. Mm. No, I'm an active person. That's how I have to do it, you know, Uh or, you know, Bible reading plans. Well, I've always read my Bible this way. Mm -hmm. Well, have you ever thought about, you know, reading whole sections of the Bible or reading, you know, like a practice like Lectio Divina, where Mm. you just read a verse or two at a time and you sit and you reflect and you meditate and you pray that prayer. Um, I think that's the, that's the correlation, right? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you're like formation and fruit happens because you just, there's just this little tweak that you learned from somebody else mm-hmm. that all it was was just a rut that you got in. Same thing with working out, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Sometimes we, I'm, I'm always, it's interesting to me that you can have somebody that's an athlete, right? Mm-hmm. And they're fit. Like I'm not putting myself in that, that camp, that, that, that <laughs> neither athlete nor fit. Um, <laughs> however, uh, they're fit and they're athletic, right? Mm-hmm. And and they do something like, say, basketball. And they train for, for, for basketball. And then you throw them out on a tennis court. Mm-hmm. And they're sore from <laughs> tennis. And you think, why would you be sore from tennis? You play basketball all day. Mm-hmm. Well, they're working a different set of muscles. Right. Right? It's, right. A, different, it's a different thing. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I, I had these muscles in my body mm-hmm. that because of what I was doing, I didn't think I needed to develop. Mm-hmm. But turns out they're part of who I am as yeah. well. And so sometimes you have to change your, your workout plan mm-hmm. to, to account for all the muscles in your body. Right. Or sometimes you just get fatigued, you know, on doing one, one exercise over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And you're like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just change it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And any good athletic trainer does that for their yeah. guy. They're constantly yeah. tweaking and adjusting and changing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they're, they're intuitive to where the, the athlete is at in the moment and where they're at and, and what's going on in their life. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, when it comes to like spiritual formation mm-hmm. um, and practices, we kind of go, well, I read and that's it. Mm-hmm. Or I pray yeah. and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't think about, and I'm not advocating not reading the Bible and not praying. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but sometimes we can make some little adjustments to mm-hmm. those and learn from other traditions within the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. And we go, that was a really 
helpful exercise yeah. that worked a different muscle mm-hmm. that I didn't know I had that actually is paying dividends yeah. in my life. Yeah, that's so well said. And I don't, I won't um, act like I know anything about sports medicine, but it's it's so fascinating. <laughs> <Me neither>. Yeah, <laughs> it's fascinating because it's so tailored now. You know, okay, your body type is this. You are a professional in this sport. I've seen some of these things on YouTube about Nike and they'll scan someone's body mm-hmm. and then they make them a set of shoes and the person, person puts them on. And these shoes are like, these are Kenner's shoes. Yeah. And they will only work for Kenner's, you know, yeah. and they put them on. Whoa, this is the most amazing. And so it just kind of tailoring that because you're right. It's, <clears throat> it's not the same recipe. Yeah. For everyone. Yes. Um, and there are good practices for everyone. It's, mm-hmm. it's generally good to mm-hmm. read your Bible and pray. It's generally good to be fit to go running or swimming if you're an athlete or whatever. Mm-hmm. It is your cardio. Yeah. See, like I have no yeah. nothing about our, our vocabulary is very limited. <laughs> it's very limited. <laughs> Between gardening, maybe we moved to building. I don't yeah. think that's going to no, help either one of us yeah. here. So. <laughs> so one thing that's not mentioned in, in these, and maybe I just missed it, is – do you believe what what is your your initial feeling on warfare as a concept? Because mm-hmm. it seems like Paul uses warfare, but is that a spiritual mm-hmm. formation concept or is that a different um, thing altogether? Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to give it some some thought. Yes, in the sense of there is opposition to what Jesus is forming in us, mm-hmm. um, both internally, just the you know what paul calls the the old man mm-hmm. you know um that we constantly have to reckon dead and there's a you know that was one of the funnest things sitting in rick's class was talking about that <laughs> um but also external mm-hmm. you know the, the there are rulers and principalities and mm-hmm. there is a legit enemy to the yeah. christian and the evil one is real and so there is opposition to the formation that we we experience and so i think being aware of that mm-hmm in regards to formation is important Mm -hmm. um, lest we think that we're just, you know, a gardener getting to go, you know, plant flowers and Mm -hmm. and realize, Oh no, there's a, there's a real enemy who wants to, you know, to, to pull up what, what God is planting and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, cause, cause damage to the field and an enemy that's opposing what God is developing in me. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think warfare is a fair. Yeah. It it can work. I think that it's interesting because that's more what I had grown up hearing is, Mm -hmm. okay, you're in a battle. You're, this is warfare Mm -hmm. that we'd, you know, VBS is I am the Lord's army. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yes, sir. You know, but I think where it can count it because you're talking about vision, intention, and then means. Mm -hmm. And then when I think about, uh, the Bible, maybe it's in Proverbs. You, you don't go to war unless you count the cost. Mm-hmm. And you don't build, you plant a garden unless you count the cost or build a house. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not going to run a marathon unless mm-hmm. I, you know, it would be foolish to run a marathon unless I understood that it would take this amount of training. Yeah. Unless you're Michael Scott, right? Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> and you want to eat some fettuccine yeah, right yeah, before Yeah, carb, yeah, <laughs> carbo. Exactly. Yep, totally. And we know how that goes. Yeah. Or at least I hope yeah. you do. Uh, yeah. It doesn't go well. Yeah. And so uh, I think all of those things have a tie where it's, mm-hmm. you have to understand what it's going to take yeah. beforehand. And if it's going to take more than you have, maybe yes. maybe bring it down a little bit. Yeah. We talk about that in class. One of, I mean, you've heard me say this over and over, like start small, build slow, mm-hmm. prune regularly. Um, mm. And that's in regards to a rule of life, which we'll come back to that later on today. But um, that idea of um, vision, intention, and means, and the illustration you used is a marathon. Um, and I don't know if it's Willard or N.T. Wright, um, but one of the guys talks about, um, you know, you and I could 
wake up tomorrow and have a vision to run a marathon. Mm -hmm. And we could have an intention to like, I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to put on my shoes mm -hmm. and I'm going to run. And, and then Ben Heidegger, um, he's, he's an actual runner mm -hmm. here in our church and he can run. Um, <laughs> he can run. <laughs> and we run. And if I ran and you ran mm -hmm. and Ben ran <laughs> and we all run until I pass out and then you pass out. Like if we really gave it our all, yeah. like we put forth all the effort we had mm -hmm. and Ben finished. Was it because Ben had a different vision? Mm. No. Is it because Ben gave more effort? Not if I like literally keeled over, mm -hmm. like I literally gave it everything I had. Right. Ben had probably been training a little bit. Ben, mm -hmm. Ben had some practices in his life that when the time came to run a marathon, he could run a marathon. Yeah. And I think sometimes we think sincerity uh -huh. and intention to do something yeah. is all it takes. Um, and again, that, what, what, what are we talking about doing? I, that language isn't always helpful. Um, but what would it look like to, to practice patience incrementally mm. to where a time comes in my life where that's needed and that's mm. how I respond rather than waiting yeah. until patience is needed. Mm. Wow. Um, and then going, man, I sure hope it's there. Same thing. Yeah. You, know, you can use a lot of different mm -hmm. fruits of the spirit in the same way. And yeah. so, mm -hmm. but again, we, we have to be really careful because we can drift into some sort of, you know, uh, yeah, earning earning God's favor, um, you know, the spiritual disciplines being just enough. You know, mm -hmm. that's why the vision is so important, right? It's, mm -hmm. If you if you just go into the gym and start throwing weight around and mm -hmm. you don't know why you're in there, right. it, it's not as effective. But if you know, I'm here to build my core, mm -hmm. you know, you're probably not just going to do, you know, bicep curls the whole time, right? right? Mm -hmm. Like you might do a sit-up or two. And so if you have a clarity through the spirit, what Jesus is inviting you into in a particular season that allows you to participate with him in wisdom and grace to um, implement practices that cultivate that, mm -hmm. you know, but it's never apart from the spirit. And I, and I reiterate this time and time again, it's why we take, it's why we don't get to the spiritual disciplines until like week 10. Mm -hmm. Or week eleven in the class, yeah, and that that good. catches people off guard. Yeah, I bet it does. Because they're like, "Well, I'm I'm here to, I'm here for you to tell me how to like discipline my life so I'm a better Christian." Mm -hmm. And I go, "That's not what this <laughs> class is about. Um, this class is about helping you discern and understand who Jesus is inviting you into, or it, it, what Jesus is inviting you into, mm -hmm. the person He's shaping you to be, and then through wisdom and with the Spirit to then." craft practices that will require effort, mm. but that are in conjunction with his call to have him fully formed in you. And that takes time and it takes discernment and it yeah. takes trial and error. And, and you've got to rest in grace through that whole process. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to be okay with, you know, falling and, and going, oh, that was too ambitious. And yeah. that was a little much, but like learn, learn the lesson. And, um, you know, I tell my students when they do their rule of life, like I'm not looking for the boot camp rule of life for the Christian. This yeah. isn't hell week. You know, <laughs> if, if you, if you write this 20 page rule of life, 
and you come and it comes back to me and I'm like, this is not sustainable. Mm. And the goal is for this thing to actually be helpful. That's why, that's why, uh, St. Benedict and his rule of life says, says nothing burdensome, nothing harsh, you know? Well, that's super counterintuitive to us. Mm -hmm. Um, especially if we think spiritual discipline is synonymous with spiritual formation. And so we think all the more extreme this is, the more formed I'll be. And that's not necessarily the case. So, yeah.